When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Keep Sounding Podcast. This is Brian joined by John as always for our very first episode of the regular season. John, how are you doing this fine evening? I'm doing I'm doing great, Brian. How are you? Good. I'm glad to hear you're doing well because this season has been rough so far. That's part of why we haven't really been doing a whole lot of shows because you don't want to have people come on here and just bitch the whole time. <laughs> well, um, maybe maybe people do. I don't know. Sometimes like depending on your outlook on things, misery loves company. I don't like... know. I've I've been very I've been I've haven't I've had a hard time participating in a lot of uh, discussions. I've I, seen I, if, online. if it were me, it like way. I I don't want to. Well, yeah, that's like my I don't like to like consume media when the team is bad because it's just like I get it. It's bad. I don't feel like yeah anymore, but. I don't know. Some people are different. Some people are built different. Exactly. They are built different. Speaking of people who are built different, we have ourselves a former Patriots fan and former Buccaneers fan on the on the podcast. He is now a Vikings fan. This is Spencer, friend of the show, been on a few times. How are you doing this evening? I just love being being uh, introduced that way. Thank you. Yes, I am, uh, as I have in my Zoom, the number one Vikings fan of all time. I yep. suppose I should explain myself to you two gentlemen. I've explained myself to Brian in person before, but uh, so here's the deal. I, I was a, a Patriots fan for the longest time, and I'm not going to lie. I still follow them. I still, you know, root for them and everything. But when Tom went went south, I followed Tom. And now that Tom's gone, he's, I, I admit it, Brian, he's gone. He's not coming back. I was. I'm uh, glad I, you finally accepted it. <laughs> I, held, I held out hope for the first two, three weeks, but now Tom's gone. He's not coming back. Um, I lent myself to free agency. I'm kind of like, uh, remember Darrell Revis for the last couple years of his career, mercenary, you know, going out there one year deals. Uh, that's what I opened myself up to, uh, because I wanted something, I wanted something fresh and I wanted something that, um, was kind of an up and coming, you know, team, not a factory of sadness kind of thing, but I also didn't want a team that was going to win Super Bowls, you know, right away or really ever. And uh, the Vikings came down to one of my my final three choices, and let's see if Jonathan uh, would do any different here, was the Chargers, which I love their uniforms, uh, love uh, generally the team, hate the owner, Dean Spanos, awful human, just in general, so I, I, I took those off. And the Browns and the Vikings, uh, Brian can attest, I actually chose the Browns until something happened. <laughs> uh, I, I they, think I know what it is. They traded for a certain uh, guy, and that was not cool with me. And I think it would be bad PR for myself to be like, "Hey, I'm a I'm a Browns fan now." The second they <laughs> traded for Watson, <laughs> newly minted, newly minted Browns fan. As soon as they trade for Watson, yep. It, it was literally I literally ordered a Tim Couch jersey. I wore it one time, and then they traded for uh, Watson, and I was like, "Ooh, this is a bad look." So I went with my number two team. Kirk Cousin and the Vikings, baby, and uh, I've always loved Kirk Cousins. So this is this is a nice. Uh, I mean, he's nice basically Tom Brady. I've learned so much about Kirk Cousins from being friends with Spencer. <laughs> like the fact that he doesn't, the fact that he doesn't curse at all is hilarious. By the way, so he, he simply does not. He will just yeah. go shoot. Darn it! You know, I, I can't yeah, imagine. like his. I didn't know this until I until I he's. Usually, there's some version of Kirk Cousins as the uh, profile picture for our uh, fantasy group chat. By the way, John, so yeah. just so you know how much of a meme he is in our lives. It's funny because, like, 
I, I don't know what it is about that, like that makes successful NFL quarterbacks. Cause like Philip Rivers was the same way. And like Tony Dungy as a coach, like I'd never meet anybody in my real life that doesn't, that doesn't cuss. And then somehow they're just like all scattered throughout like the top ranks of the NFL. It is weird, right? Philip Rivers as well just would not swear ever. And it's just, I play flag football and Brian can attest because he played with me before. And uh, I'll go there saying, I'm not going to swear today. And two plays in, I am just dropping bombs. You know, <laughs> I mean, all it, all it takes is for someone to hit you the wrong way. I mean, there was, there was definitely a time where, you know, you'd get, you get blindsided by someone. They, they flip you over, you hit the ground. You, you just, you've, you let it out because it's just nature like that. That actually takes restraint on their part. So I, I, I admire it. <laughs> I admire <Yeah>. it. <laughs> I've, I've never, I, I've never even told myself like, Oh, you're not going to swear. Cause I know I will. I, I, I'm, I'm good about not like exclaiming stuff out loud, but under my breath. Cause I try to like maintain some sort of image of like composure, but there's lots of, of cussing under my breath when, unless I get hurt. <laughs> Yeah, before, well, if you get hurt, you, that's that's acceptable anyway. Go ahead. Before yeah. you folks start into your, your Panther stuff, which I cannot wait to hear, I have a question for both Jonathan and Brian, and just generally for your listeners, and that's, I've gotten a lot of flack for, for switching between teams and everything, and the way I look at it is, you know, the best friend you had in high school probably isn't your best friend now, you know, your first love interest probably isn't the person you marry. My question for you folks is, is there anything the Panthers could ever do that would make you go, nope, I'm actually done. I am either going to become a fan of the NFL in general or another team. Uh, I can't think of any like specific examples because it would have to be something like along the line. But if they move, that's for sure. Because okay. like my ties to my teams that I root for are all because of locality. Like I'm from Charlotte, and. I feel like, and that's kind of like where my sports fandom comes from is like my like connection with the team, like locally, because it's like representative of where I'm from. Um, so if they weren't the Carolina Panthers anymore and they were, they went off somewhere else, I'd probably lose interest. Um, and then I, if they do something like very morally bad, I'm sure I would, but I don't know like what that is. I only mention it because I have a friend who's a Bears fan and he's honestly thinking of jumping ship. And I told him, Dude, they have not earned your fandom. I mean, there's a difference between losing, that's fine, and being just unbelievably incompetent. And that, for instance, is the Bears so, right now. So here's my thing. Um, to me, I don't like, I don't, I can't pick who I root for. Like, I can't just decide one day that, like, I don't like the Panthers anymore. I'm not going to root for them. Like, I root for them because they are here. They're Charlotte's team. And I want Charlotte's stuff to do well. So, like, like them being no matter how like incompetently run they are or how much of a disservice they do, like, or whatever they do, like from a, you know, decision-making standpoint and stuff like that service. It, it, yeah. But I don't, that's, I don't cheer for them <laughs> because they do stuff. Well, if, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? Like I want them to do well because they're here. I don't, I wouldn't get any gratification out of picking, like I'm going to be whatever fan now. And like they do well and I'm happy. Like, and I'm not saying like, other people can't do that or it's wrong. I just like, for me, that's, that's not how I, I can't care about stuff See, like that. Like I have Jonathan, no, I, I have no rooting interest in any other sports team other than like wanting to see underdogs win outside of teams that are in Charlotte. See, I wish I could do that, but Brian and I, if we had to choose from our local pool, we would be Eagles fans. And I mean, goodness gracious. Yeah, you don't, I mean, the, the, the team would be good. Uh, maybe not like the fan base, not something you want to be part of. Hopefully you haven't met too many Eagles fans. Oh, there was actually, it was a fun little, little fun story about local fans. Uh, one of my buddies was working out at the gym yesterday or no, not yesterday, Monday. And uh, he was like, you know, I am so disgusted right now because I see all these people wearing Eagles, Eagles jerseys and they're talking about, or not jerseys, but Eagle apparel, like hoodies yeah. or whatever, working out at the gym. And he's like, they're talking and I know they're not going home to take a shower or changing. They're going to go straight to the bar with this in their fucking sweaty ass shit. And I'm just like, yep, that's why I'm not an Eagles fan. I can't do that. I am not. I am not like that. I'm not built that way. I appreciate that, Brian. It, it, it brings us closer always. <laughs> yeah. As far as my answer to your question, and I'll keep it brief, uh, because I made a promise to my grandfather that I would stay a Panthers fan, it'd be a lot. <laughs> I mean, Deshaun yeah, that's Watson. That's amazing. 
Deshaun Watson, if they did trade for him, I might have had to uh, recuse myself. Um, If they moved, I would probably try to stick with it. If they changed their mascot, then I would be done. Because then they're no longer that team. If they weren't a Panther, like if they were like the Carolina. If they moved and then changed their mascots for some reason, then I'd be like, okay, this is no longer the team that I'm that I'm supposed to root for. That said, they're making it really fucking hard to root for them right now. So I wanted to lead you guys into it. So that's yeah. the thing. The thing that happens with me is when they're consistently bad, it doesn't become like, a, I don't want to root for them anymore. It just becomes apathy where I just like, you know, like when, when stuff is going well, I look forward to the games and I watch the games and maybe I'll go to games. Um, Like last year when they were not good and they were boring and there's like nothing to like, cling to like if you have like right, right, right Bryce Young I want to watch games because I want to see what happens with Bryce Young yeah um, that makes it a little easier yeah yeah but like last year when we had like Baker Mayfield Sam Darnold and PJ Walker and whatever else going on like and the and Matt Rule and all that stuff like I just I didn't care I would like play video games and have the Panthers on in the background or like do laundry you guys got past the, the Jimmy Clausen years you'll be fine <laughs> but that yeah, was but- a little different because then we knew we were going to get the first overall pick from that. The we, it was thing, almost we knew almost halfway through the year, I believe, that we were going to get that first overall pick. At least I did as a fan. Anyway, fair. John, go ahead. I was just going to say, but that that year itself, like 2010, was like the same as uh, 2021 or 2022. Like that year was not worth watching because like Jimmy Clausen's clearly not the guy, and Matt Moore is not going to be the guy. So like. It's exciting to get the first pick, but and that's the same thing that happened with us this year. Like, but until that day gets here, I just like don't really care to watch it. Like, as I will always root for them, but they do have to earn my like uh, attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Aside from like yeah. you know we have to like cover them. Yeah, that's the <laughs> that's the thing that makes it the worst is when is like if I back in 2010 I wasn't doing this so if it was just apathy I just was like I'm just gonna work on Sunday it's fine right. yeah I go work at Old Navy or GameStop or whatever yeah. whatever job I had at the time I think it was Old Navy I didn't mind I'd be like I'll just not watch football today that's fine we're now like I have to watch the game I have to cover it I have to deal with all the fans bitching it's like I get it I'm upset too <laughs> I'm sorry I just want. I want to be optimistic. I want to, I want to enjoy this. I don't want to be, I don't want to be sitting there spending my Sunday being pissed off at the Panthers or <laughs> well, like John said, even feeling <laughs> apathy. Cause then at that point you're just fucking bored. Like, right. I had, I had to do that. And like, I write the recaps this year and then like, I like, and then also doing a similar thing with the Hornets and then the Hornets are bad. It's just like, ah, I got to watch another Hornets game. I like, I, really would like to go like do something with my evening but i have to make sure this gets posted and then like i i I like football enough and i don't really do things on sundays anyway during football season so like i'm not i don't want to make it sound like a chore to to like watch the panthers games but like it definitely um would prefer it if there i could like write good things john i'll uh i'll message brian because i know he has to do those i think it's two or maybe three um articles during the game and i'll message (laughs) and i'll message him and be like Hey buddy, what you writing about? It's <laughs> like nothing. It's like that Falcons game. That was just like an overall really not great game. And I was like, "What are you even writing about?" And he was like, "Brian Burns good." <laughs> well, here's, here's what here's what the struggle is, and I guess this this show has now become a kind of like a meta show about the show. Um, <laughs> like what what gets difficult is like is like finding the balance of like I. No one wants to be like lied to and be like this wasn't as ba- so bad because like it was so it's we're, it, we're it's bad we're gonna tell you it's bad but also like we were talking about earlier like there is a point where people don't want to just be like bludgeoned over the head with how bad stuff is all the time and like they don't want everything just to be like oh woe is us this team is garbage you're watching you're rooting for a garbage franchise even if it's true like you have to find some like glimmers of hope or uh yes. some like optimism there so it's like a tough you know when they're bad it makes that part harder where it's like how do i talk about what happened without sounding like i'm like in a dumpster like miserable about this like let's you know but, that, but like so it, that that it's a lot easier when it's good because we can all just like be happy and like did you see how sick that play was you see how sick that game was and it's all fun for everybody and then when they're bad it's like 
well, they lost and they're bad and these people are bad, but this was kind of good, but they need to do better. But, you know, like that kind of stuff. No, that's a really good point. It's um, there's a certain phrase for it. But when you have a really bad game on Sunday, there's certain games where you don't even watch the footage. You know, right. you're like, screw it. We're going past it. The game didn't happen. A lot of times, of course, you will. But when you have a really bad team, like you said, it, you have to pick out, hey, we had 100 plays in this game. 85 were awful, but 15 were pretty good. Yeah. And that's that's I, really that's tough. That's tough. To I do. have to interject real quick and say that we we just witnessed a very recent uh, example of that when the Dolphins put up 70 points on the Sean Payton led Broncos. So I just had to acknowledge <laughs> that. I just had to acknowledge that real quick because as Spencer probably knows, we hate Sean Payton on what? this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, that's so one that's... thing I learned real quick about the NFC South. Brian was like, welcome, brother. When, when I joined the Bucks, he was like, welcome. We hate the Saints. And I and I, I said to him, wait, what? I, I don't hate the Saints. And he was like, you will. And I did probably two weeks in. <laughs> I, 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 I still hate it. I'm not even part of the NFC South anymore. And I hate the Saints. Falcons, I, I wish all the best. Bucks, I wish all the best. Panthers, obviously all the best. Saints, 0-17, please. Like, legitimately. <laughs> they, might, they might be. They're probably, like, up at the top. I think it's probably, like, in that top five, it's probably, like, Cowboys, Patriots, Saints. They're probably the top three, I think. Not, not necessarily in that order, but of, like, hated teams by, like, across the NFL. That's the one thing that we always have, no matter how shitty the Panthers are. As long as as long as the Saints don't win the Super Bowl, we're all right. Especially well, I mean, if they, something horrible happens to them in the playoffs, thanks to the Vikings. That's they also blew, they blew well. a seventeen point lead at halftime. So that's you know, I think that's start. why you were attracted to the Vikings. Honestly, I mean they're they're linked. They are linked arm in arm throughout history by. Absolutely ruining the Saints, the Saints' hopes and dreams. At least Kirk three Cousins times. beat Drew Brees in the playoffs in the Superdome. That yep. nothing will ever make that not ha- have happened. That happened, and that mm-hmm. is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, no, I agree, John. It's very hard. It's it's always very difficult to try and be optimistic especially when since when you actually try to be optimistic you see a lot of people talking online and being like no you're wrong everything's broken burn it all down fire everyone it's like we we just hired all these people like (laughs) yeah it's 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 tough like dealing with like the internet masses because yeah they 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 can be there's always there are people that are relentlessly negative and it it, uh you know you'd have to just kind of like I don't know. Pick and choose where it's worth talking about. Um, what hill you're worth? What's what hill's worth dying on? Yeah, because yeah. because one thing, uh, you know, as someone who's been on the internet for a while, um, uh, no, no one's there to get their mind changed. Nope, not at all, no. sir. <laughs> Do either of you run the Twitter, you the, cat, the cat scratch reader Twitter? Yep, I am still the social media czar. That's me. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter's such a cesspool. I can't even imagine for and like we've all been to NFL games, right? Your average person at an NFL NFL game kind of sucks. Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah and like yeah. imagine that, and then Twitter, where the average person kind of sucks. That's like ten times worse. Yeah. Yeah. I, my advice, uh, Brian, and is just like I because this is what I did with with my site. It's just like you just gotta mute people if they're annoying. <laughs> like, I like, I do I, mute people. I also. I tend to be when we're losing, I tend to be a real uh what's the word I'm looking for? I tend to just be very cold, like deadpan on there, yeah. and people seem to appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good way to go. Yeah. I just, like I learned I learned pretty quickly when I was doing social media stuff that it was just like uh you know, like cause cause I would get this cause you get the same people that come back over and over and over again. And they just like either like berate you in your opinions or just like want to like make a bunch of like you'll you'll enjoy comments. this yeah you'll and enjoy just, this like, I'm just gonna mute you because I don't like I, I I'm not obligated to give you a response or pay any attention to you and it's just it's your annoying I got a tweet I I po- I posted a tweet because I had to acknowledge the fact that they the Panthers what the first, sixth overall pick last year Ika Mcquanu left tackle had four false starts. 
at, at that point in the game. I had yeah. to acknowledge it on Twitter. And the third comment was, he sucks, trade him. <laughs> right. <laughs> like that. <laughs> also, I love the people that are like super, uh, have these super strong opinions that are like not phys- like not possible by like the rules of the sport. Yeah. If, like, they, if the Panthers traded Ika Mekwanu after that game, then they should fire everyone. <laughs> like that's that's it's just ridiculous to me that these that there's so many people out there and it's just it's just the classic uh, problem with the Internet where you wouldn't say these kind of things in public around other people because they'd tell you you're an idiot or they'd punch you in the face. It's one of the other <laughs> like it's, it's, yeah. it's, I always love it when it's like people that are like oh, that, you know, they're like, I'll, I'll see it in real life. too. will be on Twitter. It's like this is what they get for being so dumb for like. Uh, letting that person go, and it's like they didn't let him go. His contract ran out, and he wouldn't sign a new one. Like, what are they supposed to do? Or yeah. like, like you said, they're like, it's like a like a rookie, like a, or like a player that's got like three guaranteed years left on his deal, and they're like, oh, they just they gotta they gotta cut him, and it's like they can't cut him. Like that's not they yeah. didn't work, and it happened. It's just like this is this is not how this get. This is why you don't get to make the decisions. Yeah, this is why you were an armchair GM and nothing more, sir. And you're not even really that because you're just like, my suggestion is we break all the rules and get better players from nowhere. Yep. As you can tell, as you may be able to tell, Spencer, uh, we've had a lot of frustration over the over the offseason with with certain people. So So I think we should probably talk about I believe you mentioned it on the podcast that we did, Brian. Uh, Yeah, I did. Yes. Yes. I went went off about about things uh john on that <laughs> podcast because i knew nobody would be listening to it from csr so. <laughs> <laughs> it was his own personal safe space it's like I just go, do your thing yeah, that, yeah. i want to hear that crossover episode um <laughs> i think we need to uh to to i think Start we should probably talk about the actual game yeah, yeah but we'll have to we'll do a little we'll kick it over to the other other side of the show and then we'll do the rest of the stuff yeah and now we get the chance to talk about the Panthers' last three games before we get into the Vikings game with, of course, the number one fan of the Vikings, Spencer, <laughs> on the podcast. So, so yeah, first week of the season, Panthers were in Atlanta. They lost 24-10 to when the defense did a pretty good job against the, the Falcons until inevitably they... Uh, they started to cave because the offense couldn't really do anything, obviously, as you can see by 10 points. Bryce Young threw two interceptions, didn't look great. Um, overall, just one of those divisional games where Panthers had a whole new coaching staff, whole new quarterback uh, situation, all new wide receivers. It's a, it's expected. However, they did lose J.C. Horn in that game, and I don't even want to go off on the tangent about him being injury-prone. I feel bad for him. I hope he gets healthy soon. He should be healthy before the end of the year. But any comments on that game, John, that you'd like to share before I keep uh, going? I think we just just summarize them all as as one because they've basically yeah. been three of the same game. Yep, pretty much. So next game, 17-20 to 20 against the Saints, which was – the score makes it look closer than it was. They didn't get a chance to they They finally put together a pretty good offensive drive at the end of the game that Bryce Young got a touchdown to. I believe it was Adam Thielen. Yeah. Um, but overall, that was another one. The Panthers were facing another good defense. Um, felt very good about the about the off or about the Panthers defense, I should say. But the offense struggled once again. Bryce Young did not look great in that game. But again, he is a rookie. The receivers were struggling to get separation. Um, So just wasn't a great game. Then this past weekend, Seattle versus the Panthers in Seattle, which as we all know, Spencer, I know you hate the Seahawks as much as I do. um, Playing in Seattle sucks. So Mm -hmm. Bryce Young had an ankle injury, so he actually didn't play. Andy Dalton came out, the Red Rocket, and he – he threw 58 passes or 56 passes or something like that, which was That's a career high for him. That's a career high for a guy who's played as many games as he has. Let's not forget, he was drafted the same year as Cam Newton. Um, and that was his career high in passes. The Panthers ended up losing 27 to 37. Um, they also lost in the New Orleans Saints game. They lost, or I should say they lost Brady Christensen somewhere along the way. I forget about that. He, uh, I think that was 
would that have been the, the same? That would have been before the Saints game, I want to say. Um, they're starting left guard. Um, they also lost Shaq Thompson for the year in the Saints game. So that was another injury they had that sucked. So, but the Panthers offense actually looked pretty good against the Seattle Seahawks, which it helps that the Seattle Seahawks uh, defense is not as good as the other two that they played. And now we arrive at the Vikings versus the Panthers, the misery and sadness bowl, two Oh and three teams. So John, any comments you'd like to make yeah, about the last before the, before the Vikings game, it felt like all three of the first, the first three games were just like three of the same game against like varying levels of competition. So like, mm-hmm. The Saints have a really good defense, and the Falcons have a. Seems like they have a, so far they've had a pretty good defense. Like it wasn't just against the Panthers, um, mm-hmm. so it was just like play good defenses, and then we play the Seahawks. The Panthers play the Seahawks, and they have the same script. It's just like a few points more because the defense is worse. But it's basically uh, hang around in like a kind of ugly back and forth game where everything is kind of clunky and nobody's really stringing together any consistent run of good play and then fall behind in the fourth quarter and things unravel and then the game gets out of hand. Exactly. And just to go over their injuries. Oh, and then, and then, and then score and then score a touchdown in the last minute to make the score look better. <clears throat> exactly. Can't, can't, um, I can't forget that part. Yet. No, can't forget that part, but basically maybe. <laughs> I mean, I'm uh, just saying, I don't think we did. I don't think the Panthers covered any spreads. Uh, with the late touchdowns. Hmm. Uh, the maybe uh, maybe game, at the did. over. <laughs> the Saints game, I think the Panthers covered with the last touchdown. They pushed. Probably. Um, but yeah, so obviously they lost J.C. Horns, their number one corner, who was very good. Uh, they lost Shaq Thompson. Um, they also lost Brady Christensen. Then this past week, they also lost their starting safety. In Von, uh, it wasn't Von Bell. Xavier, Xavier Woods, Woods, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, not the WWE wrestler. Um, and yeah, Bryce Young is hopefully going to, well, might be playing this week, but we don't really know. I, I guess hopefully I he's he probably right would. Word. I think he should if he's he's a full participant in practice on Wednesday. I can't imagine yeah. he's not going to play on Sunday. Yeah, but the Panthers have been ravaged by injuries. Um their offensive line has missing now two starters on the off from last year, which the whole one of the whole selling points of the 2023 iteration of the Panthers was they were returning five starters from last year on the offensive line. One's out for the year. The other one is on the pup list. So they have a bunch of backup guards in right now. Um, we did get lucky that Frankie Louvu, he missed the rest of the Seattle game, but it was a hit pointer and they don't expect him to miss any time. So, I, it was I not a fun stretch. The offensive line, uh, not to like really put, I mean, it's going to put him on blast, but I think it's worth noting uh, Chandler Zavala's like grade in the yeah, uh, that was not good. game. Um, and, and I think that is good context for the rest of the offensive struggles. But like, uh, according to PFF, Zavala got a, he gave about 14 pressures. There it is. Yeah, something like that. It was over 10, uh, which is never good. <laughs> one, He allowed one sick, four hits, and 14 hurries in one game. That's a lot. Uh, and yeah. had a total grade of 24.3 and a pass block rate of zero, which is essentially just like... I don't, I don't know, know if I've ever seen that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was like a tackling <laughs> dummy out there. Like, people, they, whoever yeah. was rushing just got to walk past them. Um, the right side of the line was better, so, like, shout out to, like, Calvin Throckmorton uh, for having... A decent performance, but yeah, uh, that left side needs some work. Well, it's I don't like that they, even though he did play with Ika Mukwanu in college, clearly Mukwanu is having some struggles right now. So putting a guy who's not the best pass blocker next to him on the left side was not a good decision. Yeah, uh, six, 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 because Zavala actually Zavala actually was pretty good the first couple weeks at right guard. So I I almost feel like maybe they should just leave him there (laughs) so i mean at this point though it's just a matter of trying to make the offensive line gel with a bunch with two new starters coming in each week so you know not the best thing not the best thing at all and the worst part again not coming from a panthers fan is i'm sorry but 56 passes is completely unacceptable the only players that can ever win games like that are your brady's and mannings and mahomes and whatever I mean, it has their run game been that bad? 
the, so the uh, the Seahawks game, the Panthers were leading at the half, only by a point, but they were leading. Um, and I understand game script and everything, but fifty six passes. The ru- the run game has been pretty bad. Um, so I didn't I didn't hate it. Like Sanders Sanders, I mean, he only carried it nine times, but he averaged two yards a carry. And then against oh. the Saints, he averaged three. Or he has 2.7 and 3. So he's he's at about like about 3 yards per carry, a little under 3 yards per carry over the last 2 weeks. Um and it's not a Miles Sanders problem. He's just getting swarmed as soon as he touches the ball on every run play. So They're not really they're not really being creative when it comes to running the ball. It's kind of no. a lot of just running it up the middle. Yeah. Um like, like standard like iso runs and off tackle runs and just stuff. There's not a lot of like motion or pulling or so when you're yeah exactly and a lot of it was like running the ball on first down or running Mm -hmm. the ball on second and long um where they didn't get a whole lot of yards so then it was just third it was third and long or they they had to make up a lot of yards and not having a guy like dj Moore, they have you know adam thielen is i guess fine but not the bet not nearly the adam thielen we remember yeah, and DJ Chark actually had a really good game against Seattle on Sunday as well. Um, but overall, when you're when you're running a, a team like this, where your your offensive weapons are not are not that great, when you're not running the ball well, that just puts them in a position to not succeed. There so. was a I, I don't have it in front of me exactly what it was, but after the first two weeks, the Panthers had the hot like the fourth or fifth or somewhere up there in that range, like most run heavy offense on first downs in uh like first third quarter like newton you know so there's no two minute drills mm-hmm. um and they were really bad at it so i don't know it it, it was kind of nice to see them not like bang their head against that wall as much uh on sunday i think the point has been to try to like protect bryce young and like you know the best best for, rookie quarterback's best friend is a good running game so we're like trying to run the ball but all that's really accomplishing is second and nine and third and 10 and stuff and uh, making things a lot harder on the quarterback. So I think that might've been the, the, the mentality there was like, uh, you know, attack the Seahawks and the Seahawks to the, in the first two weeks were really, really weak uh, in the middle of the field. Like, and that's kind of where, and that's why, you know, Adam Thielen had 14 targets and torched them pretty good. So I think that was kind of the game plan. It also helped Adam Thielen that DJ Chark was a little more featured this week. His first, obviously he didn't play the first week. The second week, I think he only had one catch where this past week he had a touchdown and was generally a pretty good asset to the offense. Clearly they need that kind of uh, athlete, somebody who's really fast, who can take the top off the defenses for the rest of the guys to do okay. And even then guys like Hayden Hurst, he didn't really do a whole lot against Seattle anyway. So it's just one of those things where it's going to it's unfortunately on the quarterback's shoulders to win these games. And what can you do when your offensive line is not really protecting you? I mean, so it just sucks. <laughs> so so for the for the Vikings game like since we're talking about the Panthers offense, like the Vikings defense has it been really really bad again? So it has um the Biggest thing that I would say is they're not getting any um, any pressure. Oh, that's gonna uh, change. so. <laughs> well, we'll see. So, for instance, um, Daniel Hunter, obviously, awesome, awesome rusher. He has five sacks. The next highest person with with sacks are two players tied with a half sack. And <laughs> you can't. I mean, what can you do when you're not getting pressure? That's I, I've I, I'm not uh, uh you know a wunder kid for saying this, but I always thought that O-line and D-line are the most important parts. And if your D-line can't do anything, oh, they're just going to stand there and just, and just, you know, rock it. So uh, expect a high scoring game. I would say in general, especially uh, I, I guess this, you know, when they say there's um, an unstoppable force versus an immovable object, what yeah. about a stoppable force and a whatever object? You know, the, very, the, very mov- the movable object versus the very <laughs> stoppable force. Yeah. So that that's what we have at the, at this point. Um, I guess don't expect a lot of sacks. I, I can't. I can't. I can't imagine it. Uh, on on really either side. I, I I guess the Panthers' defense is what's been really keeping them in the game so far. It um, has. So that'll be interesting to see because the Vikings offense, and again, I'm I'm a Kirk Cousins uh, stan as 
I don't know if the kids would even say that anymore, to be honest, but as the kids they would do. say, okay, mm-hmm. good. Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> but it really, it really hasn't been him or really the offense outside of Alexander Madison uh, and TJ Hawkinson fumbling constantly. Um, <laughs> they move the ball at will, but that defense just can't do anything. If you can't get any pressure, nothing else is going to work. What, what I think is going to be kind of interesting. Cause I, th- I think, the the Panthers I don't have the stats but like from the eye test without me like looking at it real fast seem to be they've been a lot more susceptible to the run they've had a few times in the last couple weeks where they've and ever since like all three weeks where there there gets to be a point usually in the second half where the other team is just like picking up chunks of yardage and the Panthers do have done a good job at not like allowing any explosive plays on the ground but they're giving they've given up a lot so that's kind of suppressed the yards per carry average but they have given up a lot of like sequential like seven yard gain six yard gain ten yard gain six yard gain like several runs in a row um but the vikings have not been able to do that so it's kind of another version of that where like it's weakness against weakness and strength against strength yeah, um, Kenneth Walker last week, he was he was in the second half, like you said, was torching the the Panthers uh mm-hmm. defense just over and over again. Um yeah, Madison, um, I've been a huge Madison fan for a while. Uh I've had him in fantasy every year for the past three years, <laughs> potentially four years, because every year it was all right, Dalvin Cook's gonna get hurt and then he's up and whatever. He really has I I know that there's been worse times, but I haven't seen a running back with the yips like he's had for some time, at least the last three, four years. Um, you just, it, you could tell I'm not at the games, but you can almost hear it on the telecast when they're in Minnesota, when he gets the ball, all Vikings fans are like, you know, they, they're just ready. What, what, what does fumble. The, what do running back yips look like? Uh, fumbling. Oh, so he's just, he's just like, just he's just doing too much or he's like trying to do too much or he's worried too much about fumbling and not yeah yeah and i don't know if that's the correct if that's the correct term for it Mm -hmm. but like there's you know legendary running backs can do whatever but smart running backs will just know hey i'm 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 caught instead of trying to get this extra half yard i'm just going down you know what i mean and he'll try to do too much by being like oh i only get I only have two, three yards per carry. I'm not doing really good. Let me eke out this extra yard. And that extra yard, the the other defense will punch it out, what have you. Um, I don't have any stats on this because they don't really keep any stats in this. But there was at least one time, and I think it might be two actually, where he fumbled and then they went to replay and he like barely didn't fumble. You know, the knee was yeah. down kind of thing. Um, which obviously you don't have any stats for almost fumbles, but it's still like you cannot. It's, it's still like that. represent emblematic of a, a bigger problem, yeah. Yeah, and it's such a shame because uh, when Dalvin Cook, who appears to be washed on the Jets, I don't know. That's very, very, very weird to me that all of a sudden it's just he he doesn't have it anymore. I really thought Madison was going to come out and be like just a top fifteen back, you know, if not top ten in the league and uh that has not shown uh so far no no that was then uh the vikings just signed somebody didn't they they traded for cam Akers That's from right. the uh from the rams which will be a pretty interesting uh one two punch i'm not exactly sure how that's gonna go <laughs> it's i know cam Akers was was a one guy and then he um he tore his i want to say tore his achilles, achilles a couple of years ago, yeah yeah and and we all know how it goes with Achilles injuries, especially with with running backs. It's really he, tough to come back. He had a good ish. He had a pretty good end of last year, and I think he started off this year. And he had like a really weird season last year. I don't know if you remember where he had like uh, they like suddenly just like he didn't want to play for the Rams anymore, and then they were gonna like trade him, and then they didn't, and then he came back and he became like their bell cow running back and had a pretty yeah. good second half of the season. And then he started this year bad, and Kyron Williams is really good. So like, yeah, he's just, just we're just gonna be a Kyron Williams team now. <laughs> um, so then they're like, off to Minnesota you go. Man, I got I gotta say this has nothing to specifically do with the Vikings or Panthers, but I feel bad for every running back in the NFL. They are just so undervalued right now. Um, it is just it's it's unbelievable, and for the position that gets the most uh uh wrecked for lack of a better a better term uh it's just such a shame that they're so undervalued it's just like they're they're you know they they hit their the end of their rookie contract they're thrown away you know it's It's, like whatever it's almost like the thing that is like the reason they should 
get more money is the reason they don't you know what i mean like they're right because like the people the reason they aren't valued is because their position takes such a beating and they get worn out so quick and it's just like that's what's like well that's what they should get paid more because they have such a short like career span but it's like well we're not going to pay people more because they're they're going to get replaced in two to three years anyway so it's like a it's a it's a tough spot to be in Fun and, fact, the, the major reason why that's happening is because of the Panthers running back Miles Sanders signing his contract in free agency this year. <laughs> yeah, he was a highest paid, highest paid free agent running back from the 20th. Highest paid free agent running back. His average salary is $6.3 million, and it just wrecked everything, apparently. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I did. I did not. I did not know that. And it started because of Christian McCaffrey. You know his his contract, and obviously he's amazing. But uh, him being heard, and you know that that turned everyone off um, to a good extent. Um, also, yeah, the Panthers' it, fault. I love it. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it's we the, can the, all go back to the Panthers. The uh, Panthers I, have a, a long history of like just just really like discombobulating running back values like when we had uh d'angelo williams and john the stewart as like two of the top like six or seven highest paid player on the team uh you know good allocation of resources there this is my one opportunity to just say the name mike tolbert who is one of my favorite (laughs) nfl players of all time the the absolute bowling ball uh that 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 he is or was on on the field yeah yeah yeah, Awkward running Even back as a, as a casual NFL fan, um, the fact that running backs are so devalued is, is is such a lame thing because back in the day, you know, even 15, 20 years ago, you could be like, that's our quarterback, that's our running back. You could, you know, a Barry Sanders kind of thing. You, you, you know him. And now it's like, by the time you get to know this running back, that's the next big thing. They're gone. They're on a different team. They're they're one B. They're part of a of, of of a rotation. There's just that. There's I don't know that it's it's so small that you don't get a chance to to know these players. No, it's very much a mercenary type position at this point. Yeah, and that's um, a, and that's such a shame. Yeah, well, well, the Vikings have stuck it out with uh, Alexander Madison after having Dalvin Cook be the running back, and they're kind of proving that point again, right? Right. Right, right, and I I have a feeling that they're going to keep what even though they did just trade for Acres, I have a feeling they're going to keep with them. Um, everything that I've heard from their PR and obviously PR is PR, but it seems like they're still they they believe in him, and uh, I I like that. It, the Vikings are generally a team that's not going to just be like we're done with you after uh, you know a couple games. Kind yeah, of. it's it's typically um, as much as people would like like to be reactive. Um, generally, when someone's playing below their uh like below their abilities um reminding them that they're, that they're not playing well and tell and reminding them that everyone is mad at them for not playing well usually does not have the effect you want it to the psychology of it is is dead on as as you said it's like just think of in in any normal job you know brian and yeah. i used to well i still do retail but brian used to do retail and um, if your district manager comes up to you and says, hey, your numbers aren't good, you know, and they yeah. and they just keep telling you over and over again, you're going to do worse. But if they come to you and say, hey, we got to improve these. But, hey, there's some ways we can do it. Let's 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 work on this. It's so right. much better. So yeah. much better. Yeah. No, when you when you feel like you're on the hot seat, almost everybody gets gets worse when they already know they're they're playing poorly. Uh, you just you know, like you said, it's it's much better to be like, oh, we know you're better than this. Don't worry about it. It'll come back around. Just do your thing. Like, just be you. Yeah. And then um, just general life advice, I guess, but especially in sports. Yeah, <laughs> not even for just NFL. Yeah. Not even for just NFL. But um, if, if I may ask for a Panthers perspective, um, who is currently your number one cornerback? And uh, how many fantasy points is Justin Jefferson going to have this this week? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so... he's, he's amazing, isn't he? Like, I've I've been paying more close attention, obviously, recently. And he's there's something about him that's just so incredible and it is not going away. Go ahead, Brian. That's, so, that's definitely your area of expertise. So uh, the Panthers, another injury I didn't mention was C.J. Henderson hurt his ankle uh, on oh, no. Sunday. So... That was he was thrust into the starting lineup because of the fact that uh, J.C. Horn got hurt. Dante Jackson, their second round pick from several years ago, who signed an extension that many Panthers fans lament, is their current starting corner. Um, and next to him is going to be probably well, 
depends on if CJ Henderson doesn't play or not, but if CJ Henderson can't play for whatever reason, it'll be Troy Hill who they signed off the streets like weeks ago. Um, and then just, you know, a slew of different guys who, you know, have talent, I guess. <laughs> um, Basically. I mean, I like, I actually really like what I've seen from Troy, from, a from Troy Hill, um, just going, or I, I like what I've seen from Troy Hill just in his limited, uh, exposure, but him being in the starting lineup, that might be a problem. And their next corners are Sam Webb, who they signed from the Raiders. I believe he was on their practice squad and Deshaun Jameson, who was a 53 man roster cut from the 49ers. So their cornerback situation is not good. And Dante Jackson is not the biggest corner. He's very pretty small for a number one corner. So I expect Justin Jefferson to bully him on Sunday. Dante Jackson is also very fast, but doesn't really show it in coverage. He's also coming off an Achilles tear himself. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, four, three, five speed coming off an Achilles tear. Not, not the best thing. You know. <laughs> yeah, and he so, also he gets kind of lost, or he gets he can be baited. Uh, like he got burned by I don't remember who it was. I don't remember what, who the receiver was, but he got burned pretty bad in the Seahawks game trying to jump a route for no reason. Um, so you're saying he's a cornerback who is not super fast right now and can also get baited into like double moves and stuff. Yeah, he's uh, still super. He's still super fast. Just I just don't expect him to be as fast as he was coming out of college because he was one of the fastest corners in that draft. Yeah, he's right. fast. It's uh, just like it's just in coverage. Like he gets he gets cooked more than you would think for how fast he is. Um, because like he doesn't he doesn't use it well. I guess like it, it shows like he had a he had a pick six a couple years ago where he like looked like Roadrunner running through the defense when he got like ahead of steam with the ball in his hands. But like when he's like in the in like the run of a play where he's like processing and reacting and stuff, he doesn't move as fast. Yeah. He I doesn't got that. that dog in him then. Got it. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be rough. Like Jefferson's Jefferson's gonna get a lot of he's gonna do a lot. Yeah, I mean the only way that the Panthers can really hold down that uh Vikings offense is gonna be Brian Burns. Derek Brown, Frankie Louvu taking over in the pass rush department. And they'll probably do that in the first half. And then that then when the second half rolls around and if, if the offense isn't producing like they should, that's when it's gonna be a problem. Yeah, like is, we were like, like we did earlier. Like, like we said earlier, that's how every game has gone. Like literally defense, every game. Yep. Yeah, all they've all the defense has kind of hung hung around. Like they weren't the best in the Seahawks game, but they did bow up in the red zone and force a bunch of field goals. And then the offense just kind of has like wears them out by going three and out over and over again. And then eventually just like kind of just gives out and everything. And that's not just the Panthers thing. You see that with a lot of stuff. I mean, the jets this year, uh, their defense is doing every dang thing they can, but there's only so many times if there's eight, nine drives of the offense, not scoring much, it's, it's just going to happen. Right. Teams in the NFL are too good to have that, you know, continue like that it's like uh brian and i's favorite nfl game of all time 28 to 3 you know they, <laughs> they the, the falcons defense at the end when when uh the pats won the coin toss you just knew it was over because their defense was on the field for so many plays that they, they were just cooked there was just no chance yep and, and then the offense gets momentum too like there's like there's yep. the fatigue there's the momentum there's like confidence and stuff we're just like you know it just it's it's it all snowballs and can't stop anybody anymore the uh vikings defense of course has been not very good so my question for you is is um is brace young playing or is he is he more than likely not going to be playing i mean they haven't said it yet but he was a full participant in practice right that's what i saw he was a full participant in practice today it'd be a very it'd be a very surprising move for him to be a full participant in a wednesday practice and then not play in the game on sunday the ironic yeah. thing, at least from where I'm coming from, is the Panthers stand a better chance of winning this week if Dalton plays. But you don't want that. You want Bryce Probably. Young to get that experience and 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 go from there. Also, Honestly, like we talked about before the show, more more fun to watch too. Like it was cool. Absolutely. Like one week of Andy Dalton because Andy Dalton's a cool dude. He's fun to root for. But like I don't want to root for Andy Dalton all season. Um, so that would get yeah. sad pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's it's cool to see Andy Dalton step in 
as a backup and like have a really good game not really good a pretty good game yeah and you know but i don't that's not i don't want that to be the the whole season that that loses its luster very fast so, so i am excited to see bryce young have a matchup against a not very good defense because Same. you got because the Vikes, that, my man yeah because <laughs> The Falcons' defense is underrated because that's a scrappy team that doesn't have a quarterback, but pretty much everywhere else they're looking good. Um, obviously, Saints' defense, one of the best in the NFL. Fuck them, yeah. but best in the, one of the yeah. best in the NFL. Um, where last week, Dalton got to throw the ball 50 goddamn times against Seattle's defense, who was not very good. Um, so I kind of just want to see what Bryce Young can do against a defense where he's not having to deal with the receivers being blanketed the entire time. I mean, looking at the corners for the Vikings, I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, the one name I recognize is Byron Murphy, and he was a Cardinals corner for the last four years. The Cardinals were not good. Um, Correct. So, so here's, here's a fun little stat for you, Spencer. Uh, after week two, so other quarterbacks have played and chain and moved around in this, but Bryce has not. Uh, among like all the qualified passers to that that point, Bryce Young had the highest uh, accuracy on throws to open windows of any quarterback in the NFL. The problem is he had the second fewest, the second lowest percentage of throws into open windows. So when mm. he did get someone open, he was hitting the target. Uh, the problem is no one was ever open. And he's also been and running for his life. It's uh, uh, There's also a little more to it as well, because there were also times where he wasn't throwing the ball as yeah, often. Yeah, like, he I, got a little bit of the yips after the, the Bates interceptions in the first game, I think. Yeah. Especially the, like yeah. over the middle. He like doubled, He's always double-checking. Like, no one's going to intercept this one, right? And then missing guys, yeah. but yeah. This is also a super interesting game just because of the records of both teams. I think we can both all say that the Vikings aren't as bad as no and three team would make them, you know, out to be. Uh, although you are what your record is, as uh, many coaches it's, have. It's, ha- it's have kind said. of the, I mean, it's normalizing from last year, like, because the NFL season is so short and it's such a small sample size that, like, over the course of two years, because the Vikings were at 13 and four last year. And so, like, I think if you were to say over a 21-game stretch, the Vikings are 13-7 and seven, or 13-6 and six over a 19-game stretch, you'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, so, like, it's kind of, like, just the stuff normalizing because last year they over they played above their ability or their record was above their ability, and this year it's kind of gone the opposite. Yeah, I believe way. it was last season where they had uh, the most wins in one-score games of any team ever in the NFL. It, yeah, it was something like ridiculous. Or something, or like, yeah, or, yeah, know, eight like, or nine and zero, oh, which is just uh, absurd. I mean, yeah, you know, um, you flip a hundred coins, and it's gonna get closer to fifty-fifty than if you flip, you know three coins kind of thing. So uh, right, like if if you flip a coin 100 times, there's going to be a point in there where it lands head time heads like seven times in a row and the Vikings yep. experienced yep. that last year. So, well, and it's also very uh, very important. I'm sure we all know the stat, but uh since 1990 only four teams have started 0 and 3 and uh made the playoffs. Uh <laughs> and only one team has started 0 and 4 and made the playoffs. And uh, I know playoffs when we're talking about <laughs> the Panthers. I get it. But uh, I, I look at this Vikings team and I look at the NFC uh, North and I see the Bears stink and I see the Packers are probably not as good as a two and one team would see. And the, the, the Lions are pretty, pretty legit team. I see a team that can still win the division. I know it's only three games out of 17, but I see a team that could pull it off at, you know, um, 11 and six, 10 and mm-hmm. seven kind of thing. Um, I don't think anyone's going to win that division at, you know, this is the same thing with the NFC South. You have a couple two and one teams right now. Do I think the Bucks are an 11 and uh, six team? To, you know, no. Uh, do I think the Saints with uh, with Carr being out for a while is an 11 and six team? Maybe. But um, I, I, I see both divisions being one, you know, pretty close to 500. Yeah, and I think and I think that makes it to where like the Vikings like kind of have to win this game, right? Like, yes, ab- it's absolutely a must, and that's why this game was I I was so interested in and asked Brian to be on the uh, 
podcast. By the way, uh, for you fans out there, I invited myself, of course, as, <laughs> as I always do. You're always welcome. <laughs> I was like, Brian, you doing it? He was like, we haven't done one yet. And I was like, hey, well, you know, if you do it, you need a uh, number one Vikings fan on there. But uh, it, it's it's very rare for a game this early to have such um, s- s- just be so important. You know, it's 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 a October 1st game. When does that matter? You know, but for the Vikings, this is the season, this, especially this really when is. the next four games are Chiefs divisional game, 49ers and then divisional game. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be a rough. Stretch. One of those divisional <laughs> games is the Bears. So that was me being. Yeah. Nice and when it. I look when I look at their schedule to end, well, the other thing that's really important for the Vikings is they're zero and three, but they haven't played any divisional games yet. Yeah, so they can you know, they can so, add a bunch of losses to their division. Right, right, Still. right, right. So, and again, I'm not saying that they're going to go, you know, run the table or anything like that. But you see a bunch of winnable games: uh, Falcons, Broncos, uh, you know, Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, no, um, I was telling a, a friend that at uh, at my work the other day, it's so rare for even the best of teams to go six and zero in their division. Even the Pats, when they were dominant, generally went like four and two in the division because always division lost to the Dolphins is just weird. Yeah, they always lost to the Dolphins in uh, Miami. So yep. um, whenever I, I I feel the same way about when people make predictions that Brian does about people being annoying about um, drafting when people are like. Hey, uh, here's here's my uh, here here's what I think is going to happen, and they have the Chiefs <laughs> at like uh, sixteen or I'm sorry, fifteen and two. I'm like, dude, teams don't go fifteen and two that often. Like it just right. doesn't happen. And yeah. they'll have like also the 49ers at like fifteen and two. I'm like, dude, this that's not how the NFL works. I'm right. Sorry. It's like this is I'm I mean, going to predict we, all the games, and it's like, you know, like well, the Chiefs are going to win this, this, and this, and then like, you know, they're going to lose a bad game, but like you're not going to predict like the Chiefs are going to lose to like the Broncos or something. And then it's just like, right. Oh, well that they will though. They will lose one of those games this year. We saw a very good example of that on Sunday when we them boys lost to the Cardinals who right. aren't even, don't even have their starting quarterback and lost after the Cowboys dominated their first two weeks. So yeah, a hundred percent. We, people forget that this is a sport filled with people who are very good at what they do. That's why the NFL is amazing and why you have to you have to tune in every week because weird stuff like that can happen. Mm-hmm. There was one trend I wanted to point out to you guys, by the way, speaking of that. Um, and now I have to go back and find it because I started scrolling all over the place. Um, nice. Well, <clears throat> so the Panthers scored 10 points in their first game against the Falcons. They then scored what was it? 17 points against mm-hmm. the, against the saints. Okay. Then they scored. Let me get it real quick. They scored 27, 27 against the Seattle Seahawks. So there is a trend here. So the Panthers scored 10, 43, scored 17. So that, so if we're going by the trends here, they, <laughs> their score went up by seven against the saints. Then it went up by 10 against the Seahawks. So in theory, they should score 40, 40. points this week. Yeah. <laughs> they could against that defense. <laughs> yeah. I don't think people will be talking as much shit on Bryce Young. If he puts up 40 points against the Vikings, win or loss. <laughs> now, quick question for you guys. Cause we have two minutes before it kicks us off. Are we coming back after this, or are we wrapping up? Because if we're wrapping up, I have I have one last thing to say. Go for it. Let's, let's go ahead and wrap it up because the show's okay, about okay. an hour now. So if if the Panthers want to win on Sunday, which is definitely possible, it comes down to Brian Burns. Uh, Brian Burns and getting through that O-line and making Cousins shook. Uh, they have to get out to, at the very least, a small lead. They can't be coming from behind, as we've seen, uh, as we've seen happen. So they got to just start off strong, <laughs> seven nothing, ten nothing. Brian Burns wreaking havoc. I know this doesn't sound crazy to to Panthers fans in general, but you have to get it where um, the Vikings can't run the ball and make them one dimensional. Let Brian Burns pin his ears back and just go from there. Yep, I think that's. I mean, that's going to be the the recipe for success all season. I think the Panthers do need to get ahead so that teams don't feel compelled to run against them. They're not, not they're not built to to come from behind right now. Right. No, not at all. Real fast. Score predictions. Uh 24 to 23 Vikings. Close one. I'm gonna go th- mm. 
30-27 Vikings. 31-24 Vikes. Ah, Vikings with the sweep. I just, I yeah, that's how I see it right now, unfortunately. The Panthers are just on their, their way up, unfortunately. Yeah. Way down. Well, <laughs> we'll see what happens on Sunday. But from all of us here at the CSR podcast, the Keep Sounding podcast, this is Brian joined by John as always. Spencer, thank you very much for joining the show. Stay tuned, stay safe, stay healthy. Hopefully we will get a chance to watch a really fun game on Sunday. Talk to you soon. See you.